Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Behind-the-scenes experience in Washington and around the world. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Inside Sources. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Great to be with you on a Wednesday, beautiful day here in Salt Lake City. Hope you're having a fantastic day. A lot of ground to cover in the fastest 30 minutes of radio today. Uh, we are continuing to monitor the uh, press conference, a joint press conference being held by President Trump and the president of Poland uh, in the uh, Rose Garden just outside the Oval Office. And uh, both of them have been making uh, statements currently uh, making some pretty broad and, and general things in terms of what they discussed and uh, shared interests, things that are important to uh, to both countries. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they uh, do take any questions from the press. Uh, and if they do, we'll uh, have Gustavo standing by, ready to dip in and uh, give you a little flavor for what's uh, happening just outside the Oval Office today. All right, we've got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, as always, uh, we are going to dive into the 2020 uh, talking about the president's reelection campaign. Will it be it's the economy, stupid, or uh, will it be something else? And a lot of the uh, 23 Democratic challengers are looking at how they can get leverage and, and position. So we're going to dive into that. And then make sure you stay with us all the way till 1 o'clock today. Uh, in our second segment, we will share part of my conversation with uh, George Will, uh, New York Times, excuse me, not New York Times, Washington Post. I'll get in trouble for that. Washington Post columnist and uh, longtime observer of all things politics and civil society. Uh, he has a great new book out uh, called The Conservative Sensibility, Not What You Think It Is. It is not a political book, uh, more of a philosophy and uh, just some really good questions that uh, everybody should be thinking about, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum, uh, including if you're Bernie Sanders, who's going to give a speech here shortly about uh, socialism and democratic socialism, specifically his his brand of it and what that really means and uh, how that moves forward. So let's start with this. Uh, very interesting. Uh, you had both President Trump and uh, Joe Biden in Iowa yesterday, crisscrossing the state, crossing each other's paths a little bit. And uh, obviously the two of them are trying to make this into a two-person race uh, early on. And uh, so you had the president taking on Biden, Biden taking on the president. And uh, let's start with a little sound uh, from the president on Joe Biden. When a man has to mention my name 76 times in a speech, that means he's in trouble. All right, so the so Joe Biden did give a speech yesterday in which he did uh, mention President Trump 76 times. And uh, obviously that's Joe Biden's way 
to see if he can't eliminate some of his competition in the Democratic primary. He he's trying to say, look, I am the only one who can take on the president, and so you know, let's get these the rest of these Democrats out of the race as quickly as possible, uh, so that I can take the president on head on. So seventy six mentions that's a, that is a very big number. Uh, the president uh, started to practice his message a little bit, and as you might guess, it had to do with winning. Our country is winning again, winning, 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 winning again. <laughs> we are winning is going to be the winning message. Uh, and that actually is going to be the message. It's going to be, look, the economy is working. Uh, opportunity is being expanded. And uh, we need to keep the train rolling. And that, that will be the president's message from a uh, principal standpoint, from a uh, this is what's going on in the country standpoint, and trying to show that he did Watch out for the little guy. That's going to be the real, the real test. The thing you're going to hear over and over and over again during this campaign cycle is, I am the representative of the little guy. I'm the voice of the voiceless. I'm here for the forgotten men and women. Uh, both sides are going to try to claim that mantle. President uh, Trump used that in 2016. It worked. He won. Uh, now you got a host of people who are trying to grab that mantle and say, no, I'm really the one who's standing up for the little guy and for, uh, for middle-class America. Uh, one more thing from President Trump. He uh, tried to frame Joe Biden. Again, he's trying to make this a one-on-one -on -one match, and then he's trying to frame who Joe Biden is. Uh, here's what he had to say. I call him 1% Joe because until Obama came along, he didn't do very well. But I, I look, look, but I don't bring him up. All right, and for his part, uh, the former vice president had his view and how he is going to try to frame President Trump. I believe that the president is literally an existential threat to America. Okay, so that that's a pretty big claim that uh, the president is the threat to the to the country. Uh, that is going to be what he's going to try to do. And uh, let, uh, let's do uh, one more thing in terms of where uh, Joe Biden is likely to go. This is a guy who does everything to separate and frighten people. All right, so he's going to say, "Hey, he's a divider in chief." Uh, he is not about bringing the American people together. He he used a phrase. He said, President Trump often talks about make America great again. Joe Biden is saying, let's make America America again uh, based on principle. Now, there's been a, a lot of reaction today from a new uh, poll that came out uh, overnight that had head-to-head -head contests uh, with Joe Biden and President Trump, along with a, a number of the other Democratic candidates. And there was a lot of reaction because uh, Joe Biden had a fairly large uh, lead over the president. Uh, Bernie Sanders had a, a lead over the president. Uh, even Cory Booker had a, uh, a lead over President Trump in a head-to-head -head national poll. Uh, and that's the important thing to, to keep in mind with these. These are national polls. You do not win the presidency on a national poll. So you need to keep that in mind as you listen and as you see some of these numbers roll out that will roll out every day between now and the end of 2020, that these are national polls. But you win the presidency one state, one electoral vote at a time. And, and so these national polls, while interesting, while they indicate some interesting trends, they, they often will indicate areas where specific campaigns will need to sharpen their message or shift their message a little bit. Uh, so those are important things to keep in mind. Uh, I think the one, the one number that I think mattered coming out of uh, this last round of polling is that despite the fact that the economy is doing incredibly well, that the president is struggling in terms of overall approval rating. 
Now, he's never had a super high approval rating, but he does have the, the lowest approval rating for a sitting president going into a reelect. Uh, it is the lowest since George uh, Herbert Walker Bush uh, was running for re-election, and we know that uh, that did not turn out well for the Bush family as uh, he lost to Bill Clinton uh, in that re-election bid. And so those are those are numbers that I think are important uh, things that we uh, we need to get to. Uh, I, I want to hit just briefly before we go to the break. Um, Bernie Sanders is going to give a speech today, and we won't we won't play sound from this. He was asked about. Uh, his idea of democratic socialism, what it really is. Dana Bash from CNN said, hey, you tried this in 2016. It didn't really work. Do you think the country's ready for a democratic socialist in the White House? Bernie Sanders, of course, believes the country is ready for just such a person, and he believes that that person is him. And he's going to give a speech today really trying to redefine what that is, what democratic socialism means. Uh, he talks a lot about health care and education as human rights. Uh, and, uh, you know, a host of other things in terms of the giveaway category, in terms of the government being responsible for everything. Well, we're going to kind of look at that from a different lens when we come back. We're going to share my interview with the great George Will, his new book, The Conservative Sensibility, and a really interesting juxtaposition between what Bernie Sanders is trying to do and where George Will believes the country is headed, where it's been, and where it needs to go next. Don't go anywhere. Stay with us right here on KSL News Radio. We'll be right back.